0: Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour with your host, Sam Liebowitz.
1: Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are here with us today. Ah, It's a... Another nippy little spring day. Still feels like winter. I think, uh, I don't know, sometimes I feel like the seasons are shifting and that, you know, winter is like starting later and ending later. And these last couple of winters here in New York City have been a bit rough. But uh, it's sunny and we're happy. It's a Monday. It's the start of a new week. Lots of opportunities to start something new. So let's get started with our quotes of the day. I'm sure you've been anxiously awaiting since last Monday for our quotes from the universe and from Abraham. Let's see what they have in store for us today. From the universe, if everyone wanted the same thing, If everyone wanted whatever was super trendy and wildly popular, or even if everyone wanted a million-person army of followers who are inspired, it wouldn't change the fact that you could still have yours pronto. There is enough for everyone. And you do know the, quote, right people, Unlimited, the universe, Mm, our universe chiding us into abundance today, I think. And let's see what Abraham has in store for us on this Monday. Many people focus upon unwanted things with no deliberate attention to the emotional guidance within them. And they try to compensate for their lackful thinkful thinking with physical action. And because of the misalignment of energy, they do not get results from their action And so they try harder by offering more action, but still things do not improve. Let the air you breathe abundance in all things is available. Like the air you breathe, abundance in all things is available to you. Your life will simply be as good as you allow it to be. Abraham. Hmm. Interesting. Two quotes of the day, completely random. Uh, both talking about abundance, and it, it's interesting. And this is one of the things that Abraham really spends a lot of time on. And and you know, I talk about it in my groups and in my coaching sessions. That you know, we tend to think that we always have to take action, 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 action. And yes, while action is necessary, and things don't get done unless there's some action taken. That action that comes from the incorrect place, action that has an energy behind it that's out of alignment with what it is you're really trying to create will not produce the results we want. And that the more we take the time to line up our energies, line up our intentions, line up how we feel with what it is that we really want to create in our life, That that is the secret sauce. That is the magic ingredient. That is what it takes to really bring to us the things we so desire in life. And that you can be taking all the action in the world, and if you're not in alignment, those actions are not going to be producing the results that you want. But a tiny bit of action that's done after we've lined up produces far more results. You know that when you're launching a, a satellite or a spaceship and you want to go to the moon, you spend a lot of energy, a lot of thrust to get out of the Earth's orbit. And once you're out of the Earth's orbit and you're in space and the gravitational forces are very small, it only takes a tiny, tiny, tiny push to send you millions of miles. And that tiny, tiny, tiny push is the action. But that huge amount of thrust to go from zero to, you know, T minus, you know, 120 seconds, that's the effort we need to make in lining up our energies. So whether you want abundance in material things, in relationships, in love, in physical health, No matter what type of abundance you're looking for, it all comes from the same process. Lining up with how you feel. Lining up with your internal energies first. And then from that good feeling place of alignment, then taking action. And then the action we take is joyful. Is easy you're in the flow you don't need to effort as much because you feel so in alignment with what you're doing but when you're not in alignment oh, it's like running in quicksand it's like pushing against a wall there's so much resistance there so when you get that resistance you know ah, it's time for me to work on alignment very interesting quotes especially considering the wonderful returning guest. It's been quite a while since we've had you here, Karen, hasn't?
0: Yeah, last year, I believe, at this time. It's good to see you, Sam. Yeah, it's good to see you, Thanks for this opportunity to talk with you.
1: You're welcome. So for those of you who didn't catch the newsletter, and if you didn't catch the newsletter, make sure our site, once it's back up, probably tomorrow, um, to sign up for our newsletter. Our guest today is Karen Scato de Lucia. Um, Karen is a somatic therapist um, an educator and trainer she is the founder of the soar method which we talked about last time you were here um, which is a somatic oriented autonomic nervous system repair approach and she specializes in chronic shame relief stress release trauma resolution early attachment repatterning sexual and social addictions tantric spirituality and vibrant embodied living She's also the author of several e-books, including the most recent one, Alchemy of Shame Transformation, uh, The Five-Step Journey to Healing Social Phobia, The Yin Yang of Abandonment Recovery, and Wound in Essence, a Call and Response Approach to Transformation. Um, and her sort of latest uh, endeavor is helping people to lead a shame-free life and training other therapists and healers on how to facilitate shame resolution and cultivate acceptance, connection, belonging, worth, and well-being. Welcome back on the show.
0: Thanks, Sam. I, I think it was interesting that you actually had me on talking about alignment with that Abraham quote. Yeah. Because what stood out for me in that quote was... The part where you spoke about when you want something you want to create something you you don't put your intention toward what you don't want right and right. inherent in the alchemy of shame transformation which is an ebook that your listeners can can contact me after the show and and get a mm-hmm. free pdf copy of wonderful um yeah or go to my website uh, either way um but When that model, we look at shame and we we resolve shame, obviously. I mean, I'll I'll talk a little bit more how I look at shame. But one of the most important features of the model is to actually cultivate what we actually want to replace the new neural pathways we actually want to create, which is self-worth, self-respect belonging, mm. connection, confidence, those mm. things. Because, you know, we have the processing that we do to remove or undo things and then we have what we replace it with.
1: Right, 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 right. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's okay to be aware. You know, we all live sort of in contrast, as Abraham likes to say, which is being aware of the things that we don't want, right? And, and the more we know what we don't want, the more we know what we want. And the key is just shifting that focus from what we don't want to focusing on what we do want. So I'd like to just talk a little bit, last time you were here, we talked a lot about your SOAR method and about somatic experiencing. So maybe we could just give the audience just a a quick, like, Reader's Digest condensed version about what somatic experiencing is. And then I'd like to talk about kind of what got you into the now the shame transformation work. Yeah,
0: somatic experiencing is... um a biophysiological approach to healing trauma. Mm-hmm. And Peter Levine, who's one of my mentors, um, is the one who developed that approach some 30 right. years ago. He's a pioneer of somatic therapy, basically. Um, I studied that approach. I studied it with Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, I do personal work with Peter myself for some of my old traumas. Right. Um, and then over time, I started blending in other aspects of through through that work, but other mm-hmm. aspects more... Uh, spiritual aspects of it, a cognitive mm. piece to it, just mm. kind of looking to see how to to, to address many levels mind body spirit um, one of the things that I've been noticing and i've and I've seen is that when we work on what I call unshaming that's a mm. that's a term that I'm coining which is the undoing of shame uh-huh. um, and when we when we when we work on the unshaming work, we're able to um, really lift out a lot of chronic core issues. And I'll give a little crash course at some point when we're talking a little later on Mm -hmm. about how I see shame because it's a more neurological and social mammal function. Mm -hmm. And But I think the important piece there is just that when you you can get to the very core of it and you, you unbind and unwind the shame, So many things like relationship and money and sexual distresses and work distresses and things that are really at the very core of worth, belonging, Mm. uh, feeling of respect, all of that really shifts and transforms quickly. So that's one of the reasons that I am really put together the model and I'm really teaching that.
1: Right. So so with somatic experiencing, it's a very body centered sort of form of therapy.
0: Yeah. So. That's true. I'm a somatic therapist, so I come out of that lineage. Right. So all of my work... So I wouldn't say that I'm doing somatic experiencing work at this point. Right? Right, it's right, my, my method, and then this <laughs> is my model. But all of that right. work is uses the body as a beginning, right. and it's called a bottom-up. So instead ah. of using the cognitive mind, which we do when we sort of talk through narrative right. and keep ingraining that sort of narrative in our neurological circuits, we actually use the body to then form and uh, shift things. So then the beliefs, the thinking, the behaviors, all of that shift. So it's kind of what's a a bottom up approach.
1: But the reason why I wanted to kind of just make sure to highlight this for our audience, make sure they get it is because our body kind of holds everything. Like our body remembers everything, even though we don't think it does. So even something like shame is not just stored sort of in the mind cognitively but it's stored in the body as well
0: yeah it's not really even stored in the mind actually Mm. Uh, we can Uh, we can talk a little about that um but yeah i mean many many people feel that the body is the subconscious or the unconscious self Mm. is the body Um, and movement is the 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 free expression of the subconscious so i mean sometimes when you watch children you know there's also voice and vocalizing and everything that goes with it but you can see how there's like you know natural sort of circles and spirals and jumps and dances so you can see that there's that sort of uninhibited self that's at Mm -hmm. play
1: right gotcha gotcha okay great yeah so Um, it's time for us to take our first commercial break when we come back I just want to kind of get into what brought about this new focus on shame uh, which is relatively new for you and then we'll really dive into the work about the importance of shame and, and, and why you felt so called to kind of pursue this direction okay great, wonderful so everybody please stay tuned you're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity and we will be back in just a moment
2: You're listening to The Talking Alternative Network.
3: What are the latest travel trends? How can travel be a part of your overall health and wellness plan? This is William Paris, lifestyle travel consultant and your host on Travel and Wellness Today. Join me on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time for travel chat, travel tips, and travel news updates. That's on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc.
1: The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people.
2: Talkingalternative.com
3: About the human race, the less I comprehend about our purpose and place, and maybe if there was a clearer line, the curiosity was satisfied. Time based prophecies that kept me from living in the moment, I am struggling to trust the divinity of all the gods and what the hell they have planned for us.
1: Cry for the and welcome back. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. And my guest this hour is Karen De S- uh, Karen Scato DeLuzia.
0: Perfect, yes. Uh, got it, good.
1: Um, so the work that you're doing now in, in shame transformation, um, this is a relatively new uh, focus for you, isn't it? No it's, no, it's
0: not a new focus. My teaching it now is is a pretty fairly new it's been in the last year right. um, okay. but the actual work itself has has been forming for a long time uh, um, okay. one of the impetus for the work has been that I often get clients that have been through a lot of therapy a lot of talk therapy or Mm -hmm. a lot of other or other practitioners Mm -hmm. um and they have symptoms that are getting worse or that they Mm -hmm. persist and they can't get rid of Mm -hmm. um and what i started realizing as i was working with people was there was a commonality around things like i feel inadequate Mm -hmm. i don't have any energy my muscles just feel you know feel completely weak um I don't like myself you know Mm -hmm. I I can't see myself doing this I don't you know Mm -hmm. people weren't often using the word shame
1: Uh. but
0: I saw this sort of commonality and when I started working with them as if they were in a shame state which I'll talk a little bit about the neurobiology of shame and what that state is like through the body and then Mm -hmm. as I said from the body then you know it goes into the cognitive realms and, Mm -hmm. and action and behavior um, I, I kept kept seeing a persistent shift, mm. a persistent change for people. Okay. And, um, yeah, and I, I started teaching this, doing some webinars, and I got an amazing response from therapists and healing professionals asking me to teach this. Oh, really? Um, yeah, the model has a, a 10, 10 milestones to it so that mm. uh, shame can be slippery and it kind of helps people guide clients so that they're continuously going in an up spiral mm-hmm. rather than a down spiral and circling through a redundant loop. So right. it's it's a very powerful, um, powerful model.
1: Okay. So, um, well, let me ask you just a question around shame. You know, shame is one of those things that's employed in society so much, yet it can be so damaging. Why is it so pervasive?
0: Well, I, I think in order for me to answer this, I, I just need to give you and maybe the readers a very quick crash course in okay. the way I see shame because I see it really differently than a lot of people. Okay. Um,
1: yes, yeah, so let's I, define our terms. What yeah, is shame?
0: Yeah, so I look at shame from this neurobiological perspective as a training program. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a profound tool and a training program for all mammals. So okay. I look at it through a mammalian lens, not okay. just a human lens. Okay. And if you have dogs or cats or, or, you know, or animal companions, you've probably all seen your, you know, your animal companion in a shame state, mm-hmm. right? With kind of like the head lowered down, the eyes pointed down, maybe the shoulders rounded. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, mm-hmm. you know when, I, when I say that, it, it, sounds, it sounds familiar. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a tool that's used to train young mammals um, or or anyone in in the herd the tribe, but but usually the young ones about what behaviors are acceptable and non acceptable in terms of keeping the tribe or the group safe. Okay. So you don't want a young mammal or even a young human making some noise or doing something that's going to call the predator. Right. right? Okay. So it's it's we're hardwired to react to shame. It's supposed to be something that's temporary and basically it's supposed to, you know, in our neurobiological circuitry, very excruciating. It's supposed to be like a a frozen state where you stop, you halt, Mm -hmm. um, your your autonomic nervous system uh, responds without being able to think very well, move very well, and then there's that posture. Right. Mm. Sometimes we put humans put their hands over their face or right. and the impulse there, the physiological impulse is to become small, contracted, hidden, right. maybe even invisible. Right. And that's supposed to be temporary where mm-hmm. it gets tricky and it gets tricky for us humans. And it is manipulated by parents in terms of parenting and sometimes religions and groups and so on, sort of mm-hmm. manipulating that experience. But where it gets tricky is that the young young human or the young person cannot really distinguish well for themselves between the action the behavior i pulled my sister's hair and i'm you know i'm being told not to pull her hair can't distinguish that the behavior is unacceptable Mm. Mm. not i am unacceptable or the behavior is quote unquote bad but I right. am not inherently bad. So what, what actually works well is not to just let your <laughs> young, young children do whatever they want, but you give them that, that information, you know, don't pull your, stop pulling your sister's hair right now. I know you didn't mean to hurt her, but you know, and, and, you know, maybe giving the child a hug afterwards or, or just acknowledging that you still love that child or you know that they're good. That behavior must stop. Then there's a learning there, and there's a shame resilience. I can have the experience of being shamed, but I can also move out of it and learn and and still be a part of my tribe, not isolated. So... You know that's kind right of- to, to
1: kind of separate the difference between our actions and our identities. That we we have a tendency to kind of take things in that oh, if I did something wrong, I must be wrong as an individual, as opposed to splitting and say, okay, it's that action was not necessarily something good, but that doesn't mean I'm a bad person.
0: Exactly. And also, just to use that same example, the young child may not be being mean. It may be a four-year-old child that's expressing curiosity Mm -hmm. and empowerment. Wow, Mm -hmm. look how strong I am that I can pull this. And and there may be a little bit of, you know, put down on the sister or, you know, she came later and he's jealous of the mom's attention or, you know, something. But basically that that there is a curiosity in that impulse. So all of that, the expression, Mm -hmm. the aliveness, the curiosity, the emotional fear or upset, all of that gets frozen. And this is really important in the shame state. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't get repaired and there's a condition shaming over and over again. Mm-hmm. Then we create chronic shame or toxic shame right. and people grow up with identities about, you know, I'm bad, I'm inadequate or mm-hmm. very inhibited lives because mm-hmm. they feel that they can't really express themselves, right. you right. know.
1: And, and so I take it because you, you got such a strong response when you started to teach this to practitioners and, 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 and working with clients that this is a fairly pervasive issue in society of of sort of this this creating a, of taking on a shamed identity as opposed to you know just knowing like that action is shameful
0: it's it's so pervasive it really is so pervasive I mean, if we think about all religions mm-hmm. right all religions sort of oh, yeah. come <laughs> from this place of telling us that we're born with shame on our back right and in reality we're born to react mm-hmm to the shaming right mm-hmm. as, as I said as if you would uh tell your dog or something no you know mm-hmm. not don't eat my slipper <laughs> <you Yeah. know? laughs> and then it kind of puts its head down but then afterward you know you you kind of pet the dog and so on and it's, it's all it's all okay right. so there is even collectively even in the the uh societal collective body there's this complete confusion about mm. our goodness Mm -hmm. And our empowerment and our ability uh, to be creative and vital um, Mm -hmm. versus, you know, with some accountability versus Mm -hmm. just that we are powerless or you know that kind of thing.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay. So, so now we know we have shame. It's 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 in our memories. It's in our bodies. Um, How did you start to unravel it with your work?
0: Yeah, well, it's 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 through the body as I uh-huh. said because I am I'm a somatic practitioner and w- there's a few different ways that that we can do and, and it's if you if you go to the book or so and you'll see it's it's very nuanced and there's a lot mm-hmm. of different components to it. So this is a real oversimplification, but going through the body is a really really wonderful way to quickly shift mm-hmm. to quickly shift the state and if we, I don't know if you feel like we have two minutes right now to do a quick... Yeah, we have two minutes. ...exercise. Yeah, so let's, let's see if we can go through something really, really short, really, really small for mm. you and, and the listeners, and then I'll just start getting a tiny taste of, okay. of what I'm talking about. So essentially just allow yourself to, to bring up the memory of a slightly embarrassing time. And this could have been 20 years ago. This could have been two years ago, two minutes ago. And just kind of get a sense of how, and not the most shaming experience of your life, you know, Mm -hmm. but an embarrassing experience and get a sense of how you feel about yourself. Mm -hmm. And then if you do a quick body scan and you kind of feel, you know, whether you can feel your feet or your stomach, your heart, your throat, you know, your shoulders, eyes, all that, get a sense of what that feels like for a minute. Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then allow yourself to bring up, just like if you were working on the computer and you just kind of like one screen and brought up another, allow yourself to bring up a memory of when you felt really connected to other people. Mm. You felt like you were really part of belonging and part mm. of you know others, whether that was in an ongoing group or at a party or a brief encounter. And now feel the experience of how you feel about yourself
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the body scan again. Mm-hmm. The feet, the legs, the stomach, the heart, the chest, the shoulders, the eyes, and just kind of being with that and noticing what you notice, mm. if there's anything that feels different, if anything's shifted.
1: No, yeah, it feels very different. I mean one feels much more expansive, the other one's contractive, you know one feels more relaxed, the other feels tight.
0: And in terms of how one feels about one'self.
1: Oh, yeah. One feels disempowering and the other feels empowering.
0: Confident and, and yeah. Right? So that was in a minute. I mean, that Mm -hmm. was probably less than one minute. And, of course, there's a lot more to working with people who are chronic shame survivors than just that but it 's actually really, really easy to shift through physiology and through the body mm. a lot of these patternings, and sometimes I use the navel as mm. a very big exercise, which we 're not going to get into right now because right. it takes more time right. it 's in the book um, right. but these are these are some different uh, different approaches and then maybe we could talk about the new neural pathways because that goes hand in hand. Again, what we're looking to shift and then Mm -hmm. what we're looking to replace. Right, right.
1: Okay, wonderful. Wonderful. All right, well, well, why don't we take our commercial break now and then when we come back... I'd actually like to, to just, uh, we'll talk a little bit about it. If you're a practitioner, how do you identify that you're dealing with shame right. with somebody? And then as you say, okay, now we know this, what are we replacing it with? Yes. Right. Beautiful. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. And of course, if you have your own questions around shame, feel free to call in. Our call-in number is 877-480-4120. Listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour we will be back in just a moment.
2: You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
1: Are you on a path of consciousness or spirit? On talkradio.nyc.
4: I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays 1 to 2 Eastern at talkingalternative.com.
5: Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials, it addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at Monty at MontyTaylor.com. That's Monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at MontyTaylor.com.
3: Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Day became so clear. I know I know it's gonna be all right. I know I know it's gonna be all right today.
1: And welcome back. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity, and we're talking with Karen scotto de Lucia today all about shame. So um as you mentioned, you know, a lot of your work, you actually train practitioners on, on how to uh, deal with these issues. So if, I, if I'm a practitioner and I have someone c- kind of come to see me, how do I know if I'm dealing with a shame-related issue?
0: Yeah, so as we talked about the body posture a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. um that's that's definitely one giveaway, right? right? If someone and that's not in one session, but it's something you'd right. see repeatedly okay. that someone's coming in to see you and their eyes are downcast, they're they're always sort of looking down at their feet, mm-hmm. their shoulders are kind of rounded, um maybe their legs are sort of splayed out or turned in a little bit. Mm-hmm. So these are these are like sort of Im- embodied postures of shame that you would see regularly. Right. Other things would be if if they're not exhibiting exactly that kind of physicality, they may be talking a lot, maybe not using the word shame because often right. just self-identifying that can be very very shaming or risky or uh, difficult for people. Mm-hmm. So often people don't use the word shame. Right. They may you know talk about this inner critic mm. that's always there, this monkey mind that's mm. always tearing them down or how they feel very inadequate or like their failure all the time. Um, things, things like that. And, and also a lack of energy. Because actually depression and shame have very, very similar neurobiological roots. And their, mm. their states are very similar. Right. Also addiction. Usually a lot of the addiction okay. work I do. Uh, Chronic shaming tends to be Uh at the base of a lot of addiction because it's such an inner battle. These feelings of feeling so badly, people have no way to run away from it or cope with it. So they're trying to numb out from it. And trauma, usually trauma and shame. uh, Well, you know, there's usually some some level often Mm -hmm. of shame uh, associated with with trauma. So, um, those things for, you know, for sure you can pretty much count on and then it would be really attuning with, with your client. I don't ever suggest that people say, do you have shame? Do you (laughs) feel shame? Because it can, that, that in of itself can be, um, threatening or shaming to someone, but listening, looking at the body postures, listening to Mm -hmm. the patterns, and, and then really the key, because as I mentioned, we're social mammals, it's mm-hmm. this function, it's a social function of halting and isolating the person, mm-hmm. right? Isolating, putting them in a, in a box of unacceptability, you know, you can't yeah. do this. Go,
1: go, go sit in the corner and wear the dunce cap. Right,
0: that, that, right. there you go. So, so basically the way we heal this and the way practitioners can heal this is through connection. Mm-hmm. And whether that's in the therapeutic alliance between you know yourself and myself that we're we're doing sessions or in a group or mm-hmm. community building mm-hmm. and i think because PTSD and trauma and addiction can go hand in hand with these things sometimes the therapist is not the safest person especially there's different attachment issues people have mm-hmm. you know early sort of woundings so bringing in the safety whether that's the Dalai Lama for somebody, or Mother Mary, or a big redwood tree, or the ocean, mm. or you know their animal companion, or their best friend, mm. or you know looking to see where the safety and connection can be built from, and then eventually you build that.
1: So, kind of bringing in this imagery as a as a resource for the individual.
0: Yeah, mm. and I think it's 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 not imagery. So I want to make a distinction ah, here. It's okay. embodied imagination which is really different because okay. an image is something that we see right. through you know the visual channel but we right. don't necessarily have to feel it we can we can ah. see an image and it can stay detached and removed right. from us right, right, right. but we can see an image and we can allow it to actually penetrate or feel and actually feel it bodily Mm -hmm. and sensorially and Mm -hmm. and and even spiritually you know holistically right and that's what's really really needed to shift things Mm -hmm. just the way we did in that piece of work whether you realize it or not you were actually feeling Mm -hmm. that experience of the embarrassment or of the connection so that's really key not just seeing
1: right 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 um so you talk a lot about sort of physio education that that You know, because of your background in in somatic experiencing, again, it's it's using the body to to help you um, with dealing with these issues once they've sort of been come up or diagnosed. Yeah.
0: So um, when I talk about the physio education, that would be, let's say we were doing a series of five sessions. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I do things in series of like five or 10 sessions. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be the first session. Right, right. Um, so when you would be starting yourself mm-hmm. to self-identify mm-hmm. and say, you know, I'm kind of feeling embarrassed.
5: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: I'm kind of feeling like um, you know, I have some shame around asking for money mm-hmm. for a, a salary increase mm-hmm. or, you know, this, that, then that's when we can start talking about, well, you know, that makes sense. It's common. It's a human experience. Mm, so you normalize and, it. Well, normalizing, but then actually giving information about the social function of shame uh, that we're we are mammals and mm-hmm. that we're like we are meant to react to shame yeah. and to have the resiliency to overcome it so okay. you're now building your resiliency, and your neural pathways for feeling more valuable, for mm-hmm. feeling like you have more self-respect, mm-hmm. worth, and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So that's where the, the, the physio education comes in. But it's not someone comes in and you don't go, hey, did you know we're social mammals? And <laughs> we have shit, you know, it's like that's just, it's too much. It has to be the right timing for somebody to be able to start to go, oh, right, okay, so that's right. how I fit in. And then it gives that belonging that you're part of the human the you know right. the, the part human, of the human species, yeah, sense. part of the species, <laughs> and that this is something that not you you're not the only one that
1: carries this. Mm. And um, if I'm, let's say, just having a conversation with a friend, and I just kind of notice uh, through the conversation that there's obviously some shame around something going on like let's just say um like I have a friend maybe um right now doesn't doesn't have his own place right so he's kind of bouncing around from a friend's couch to a friend's couch you know until he gets himself settled and stuff and so there's a certain amount of shame with that so just as an individual having a conversation or the things I can do to kind of help him with that issue around shame
0: well, you know, some of that also was just a basis for friendship, what's acceptable in your right. agreement around friendship. you know right. do you yeah. you know to what do, what level, what depth, all of that right. so but but just let's say that you know you you've got the kind of friendship where you kind of look to help each other out in these kinds of deep mm-hmm. ways. Mm-hmm. Um, the best way to counter shame whether you're actually a practitioner or a friend or a parent, mm-hmm. you know is is to, keep that that sense of complete acceptance but Mm. this is not just a thought process like oh yeah i accept you but really hold an energy and a Mm. belief of like yeah you're 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 there's a reason right i'm sure that there's a reason why he's couch surfing right now maybe he's making a transition or he had health problems or you know i don't know Right. right so just kind of holding that you know understanding that yeah i i don't you know you I wouldn't be ashamed or I don't think you have any, you know, reason to be ashamed. So that kind of like holding of that acceptance mm-hmm. and, and that groundedness because shame when you can be very ungrounding again, mm-hmm. physically, mm-hmm. we can feel like we're spinning
5: mm-hmm. and,
0: you know, you want to have that ease of breath.
5: Mm-hmm. You want
0: to have that grounded posture. Mm-hmm. You want to have that acceptance. And you also want to hold the, the reality and the truth that this shifts. Mm hmm. Just like right now when we shifted that little embarrassment, right. this too shall pass. Yes. this yeah, too It's too not shall permanent. Sh- yeah, it's, it's meant to be a temporary state. Uh. So I think those things are really helpful. And then beyond that, you're probably getting out of the scope of your practice yeah, as a right,
1: friend. right, right, right. Yes, yes, yes. I don't get too deep. But for, let's say, those people who are practitioners, you have, you call them your 10 milestones yeah. of, of shame transformation. Maybe we can just kind of briefly, you know, touch on them. Well, some I, of them
0: yeah, I think that that's, I think that's a little tricky because ah. it builds on a lot, but, but there are three things that we could talk about for practitioners that I okay. think that aren't the 10 milestones, but that are, that are useful. Um, and one is presence, okay. right? Because all of this work is, there's always a, a humanness. There's always a, a presence and a compassion mm-hmm. right. that we hold. Um, and yet that's not always enough in the mm-hmm. face of a down a very strong down spiraling shame cycle. Right. So mm-hmm. what are th- what are the qualities of presence that's needed? Mm-hmm. Um and the quality of that is this sense of acceptance. So if somebody was like thoroughly shamed about vocalizing or singing or something when they were very young, yeah, your client can be, you know, singing an opera and sounding like a weasel and you're sitting there in, in enjoyment mm. and in joy and in acceptance, not because they sound like a weasel, but the fact that, they're expre- that their vital energy, their, ex- their self-expression is coming into pure form, mm. is coming back to them, is, is reclaiming. So there's that way in which we wanna hold people mm. in this way of, of not only witnessing, but celebrating mm. the purity coming back mm. and the separating the shame and all of you know, that, that halting and that inhibition yeah. from the vitality or the right. energy, right. you know, and so on. Um, I don't know if we need to take a break or if I should go through uh, another one of these. Yeah, go, go ahead. Okay. Um, another another one would be joining. Mm. So often therapeutically, you know, we, we learn not to oppose people, you know, not to become right. enemies to them. And I'm certainly not uh, saying that we should, but you don't want to... Join someone in a shame state. So if someone says, you know, because they're feeling contracted and they're feeling badly mm. and they're saying, oh, I just feel so badly and I have no energy. And you don't want to say, oh, yeah, I know it's terrible. You feel badly and you have no energy. No. You actually want to say, oh, really? You know, well, where, where, do, where do you feel energy or what what does motivate you or what does make uh, you feel good? You you know, you want to encourage that outward movement away from the shame. Ah, so kind right. of
1: the difference between uh, sympathy and empathy so you don't really want to sympathize with people and say oh yeah i know things are so awful so horrible but you can empathize with them and then say hmm yeah i wonder what would it take to move around this or something e- like
0: that. yeah and start and start encouraging or mirroring the the kind of the slow shift outward right, yeah exactly right, exactly right. gotcha
1: gotcha okay so Believe it or not, it's time for us to take our last commercial break. Um, when we come back, maybe perhaps you can uh, 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 give us an example of maybe someone you've worked with around, uh, you know, some shame related issue and kind of, you know, what it kind of looked like for you working with somebody to come through. it. And then we'll, of course, give everyone the information on how to where your website is and how to get the, the PDF.
0: That'd be great. Thanks. Wonderful.
1: So, everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. And we'll be back in just a moment.
2: You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Have you ever decided to reinvent yourself? Are you navigating a new life's journey? Are you an aspiring artist that's looking for direction? This is Kevin Barbaro, and my new show, Coffee Talk 3.0, is your new best friend. Tune in live to hear successful professional artists and their inspiring real-life adventures Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, right here at TalkingAlternative.com. What are the
3: latest travel trends? How can travel be a part of your overall health and wellness plan? This is William Paris, lifestyle travel consultant and your host on Travel and Wellness Today. Join me on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time for travel chat, travel tips, and travel news updates. That's on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc.
1: Are you suffering from aches and pains? Has traditional medicine let you down? Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. Call us now at 212-721-8183, that's 212-721-8183 or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you.
2: Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at Talking Alternative.
3: The earth was still flat, and the clouds made a fire. The mountains
5: stretched up to the sky, sometimes higher. Folks roamed the earth like big rolling kegs. They had two sets of arms, and two sets of legs. They had Two faces peering out of one giant head And they could watch all around the men they talked while they
1: read And they never knew Nothing of love It was before Welcome back. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and my guest this hour has been Karen Scato de Lucia talking all about her um, shame... What do we call it? Uh, Alchemy of Shame Transformation Method. So, um, Karen, I was wondering if maybe in this last segment you could maybe just uh, you know highlight an example of of someone you worked with with this method and kind of uh, you know how you approached it just just to kind of give our audience just a little bit of an idea. You know, we don't have an hour is is not that much time to really educate people on it, but just give them a taste.
0: Yeah, sure. Um, so let's let's call this client Sarah for mm-hmm. for for privacy. Um, she was uh, a middle-aged woman who came to me because she had very severe phobia, mm-hmm. and that's now that I'm teaching this method, some more people will come to me to work on shame. No. But most of the time, people would come to work on other things, and right. you know I'm very well known for phobias and different things. So she came to me; she had very severe phobias, and one of the first things we did in the first first session or two was to balance her nervous system because mm-hmm. without a balanced nervous system, you can't really tackle big, right. big things, big emotional things, or you'll just start looping. You'll just start right. looping there right. and it doesn't give the person any relief. So toward the, toward the end of the, I think it was the third session, um, she was in my office and we're working and she started feeling like she wanted to, to run. So mm. I supported her, uh, her ankles and, and she ran to this, safe place and she found a lot of relief and then she kind of slumped over in this kind of like we talked about that shame posture Mm -hmm. and from the navel, i do this naval exercise work that's also in the the ebook um Mm -hmm. and i had i kind of guided her with this navel work and as she was starting to come out of the shame posture she sort of remembered that when she was very young her older sister would drag her to bed to her bed uh, to try to protect herself from this older brother that would come in and, and molest the older oh. sister. And so essentially there was this very shameful act that was happening mm. that even though she was two or three, mm. she knew that something, you know, it was shameful, it was bad, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she couldn't escape. So there's a way in which she had taken on this projected shame that wasn't owned by the brother for the act mm-hmm. and sort of this helplessness of the sister and then her own Desire to escape, mm-hmm. you know, to escape it. So um, once we got to that place, she was able to process some of these very, very painful feelings and emotions and sort of complete some of those and then started to feel a sense of her own needs. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a need for protection. I have a need to have my own space. Mm-hmm. I have a need to say what I need, to say what I want. And even her relationship, the romantic partnership she was in. After about 3 months she decided to switch out of that and because uh-huh. she felt that it was so not compatible with what she deeply needed and wanted uh-huh. but all of that was being frozen and blocked uh-huh. by the phobias which were sitting on top of this experience uh-huh. where she was just riddled with panic and shame uh-huh. over these you know experiences from her young life so within 3 months her phobias were pretty much out of the way. Wow. Yeah.
1: Wow. And that's a, a three months over. How many sessions would you say?
0: Um, weekly. So that's what twelve. Is that twelve sessions? Twelve.
1: Yeah, three months, twelve sessions. Uh, yeah, ten, wow.
0: 10, 12 sessions. Yeah. It's. I mean, when you work on, when you work through the body, and mm. you work, you know, sort of powerfully through the body, and you, you also. Look at unraveling shame, as, as I mentioned, it's it's very, very powerful, Right, very right, powerful right. work. I mean, you get and real it untangles,
1: And it untangles a lot of things normally, right? It usually doesn't lead back to just one issue. It can lead back to several issues.
0: Yeah, well, as, as, it, as it's sort of explained, shame is a neuro-emotional binder. So it happens when you're being shamed, and I don't know why this exactly happens, but it's an mm-hmm. amplifier for your emotions and anybody else's emotion it, in the group or or the one-on-one dynamic, however it's mm-hmm. working. So let's mm-hmm. say all of a sudden I shamed you, mm-hmm. you know, when I said, oh, you know, really? You're wearing that, you know, horrible, you know, uh, tie, <laughs> Sam, you know, to, to do an interest. I don't know, something like that. Right. So you might feel badly yourself, but mm-hmm. then you might also take on the aggression or the anger that you, you hear in my voice. Like that mm-hmm. would be locked into that that shame You may not be acting it out because you're frozen and inhibited, but you would kind of be storing not only your own disempowerment and feeling badly, but maybe some of that aggression. Right. Yeah. So in processing, that's kind of like just like we have compressed files on a computer, Mm -hmm. you know how you compress them and decompress them. This work is like the shame compresses everything together that we become Uh, very unaware uh, of and unconscious of. And then the transformation when we're coming out of the wound uh and we transform the wound. There's an expansion, which that's where the skill comes in Mm. to manage that so that it happens slowly and manageably enough for the client so that the client isn't just completely overwhelmed Mm. with the experience. But coming out of that is the expansion and then being able to to process and get rid of all of those feelings.
1: Why do you think it's so important for especially therapists and practitioners to learn about this work?
0: Because we we keep shaming our clients. I mean, with that inadvertently, you know, totally in a meaning, well, uh, a way in an attempt, we just sort of talk to them about their shame Mm -hmm. or they talk about their shame. They feel kind of exposed and naked about it, Mm -hmm. but we don't really give them any way to really process it or fully process it so that, you know, they kind of sort of feel often, at least when they when I get people, they feel really hopeless. Mm -hmm. They feel like, you know, they've been let down. In the therapeutic mm-hmm. realm, and they feel often shamed because mm. sometimes when we don't work on our own shame right, issues, right, right. you know, we can inadvertently be projecting shame.
1: On others, Right, because we bring ourselves with us into every session. We bring every ourselves session, with us, fortunately <laughs> and unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. So, so if people want to, to learn more about this work and, and contact you, how would, what's the best way for them to do that?
0: Sure. Um, if you want the PDF, mm-hmm. then email me directly. My name is Karen, C-A-R-Y-N, at reembodylife.com, R-E-E-M-B-O-D-Y-L-I-F-E.com. You can also just go to my website and read more about this. There's uh, the Alchemy of Shame Transformation blog. There's a case study on there. There'll be more interviews on there. And that is reembodylife.com.
1: Yeah, that's reembodylife, R-E hyphen, E-M-B-O-D-Y-L-I-F-E
0: dot com, yeah. Wonderful,
1: wonderful. What uh, do you find so gratifying about this work?
0: it's just amazing to see people bloom. I mean, I'm a gardener. I I love to garden. And by cultivating worth, acceptance, belonging, respect, you just, I mean, I see people of all ages. I I have a woman who's 70 years old, and she's saying to me, the first time in my life I feel like an authentic person. I feel like I'm speaking and living and doing things from who I am rather than the box that was made for me Mm -hmm. when I was, you know, however however old you know so it's like it's really moving i mean i could probably shed a tear (laughs) Mm. over i mean it's it's incredibly gratifying work it's it's challenging it can be challenging Mm. hopefully the 10 milestones seem to really be helping people in this model you know practitioners to guide through but it's it's a beautiful beautiful gift that we can give and then receive the rewards in return so um yeah
1: okay great well thank you so much karen oh thank you really appreciate you you taking the time out of your busy schedule while you're here in new york i mean you're based out of california i am yeah i came in to
0: present this model at the united nations a couple of weeks ago and it was very 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 well received ah excellent excellent so glad i'm so glad you know someone
1: uh, made a comment the other day like there are all these healing modalities and all this new stuff coming up now and it's because there's a lot of there's yeah. lots of stuff. And to I be think done. we're
0: getting smarter too. I yes. think as society we're evolving. So Absolutely. thanks again. Thanks for having me. Thanks you're to welcome. all your listeners for listening and, and I look forward to seeing you again. Yeah,
1: we'll catch you next time you're in town. And everybody, of course, please stay tuned. Coming up next, our transformation specialist uh, Kevin Barbaro track and field coach turned actor talking all about uh, what it takes to reinvent yourself midstream mid-career mid-life and thrive while doing it he's a wonderful uh, um, example of, of how you can really change yourself regardless of the odds so thank you all for listening Please stay tuned for Kevin's show, Coffee Talk 3.0. And we will talk to you next week.
5: Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry. Be happy. In every life we have some trouble. But when you worry, you make it double. Don't worry. Be happy, don't worry, be happy now.
4: Talking Alternative
3: Radio, 24 hours a day.
1: Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Leibowitz, The Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183 That's 212-721-8183 The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people.
2: Have you ever decided to reinvent yourself? Are you navigating a new life's journey? Are you an aspiring artist that's looking for direction? This is Kevin Barbaro, and my new show, Coffee Talk 3.0, is your new best friend. Tune in live to hear successful professional artists and their inspiring real-life adventures Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, right here at TalkingAlternative.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative.
5: Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials.